0: Big day <laughs> Yeah, baby she's good. Yeah, I'm excited. Baby, yo, oh, baby, yo, oh, baby, yo, oh, baby, yo, oh. here we go, here we go. Can you tell I'm pumped? Can you tell I'm excited today? Wagwan, everybody, you know who it is, you know what it is. And if you don't, this is it. First day of the C's, we got the C's popping off. And you know I pulled the clash out, okay? Very, very special day. Special record for me. <laughs> Yeah, man. Okay. So, um, you know what? Maybe I'll just uh, chill out for a bit and, uh, let's talk about, quickly talk about the movie that we watched today. I don't want to talk about it too much, but, uh, it was cool. It's called Ravenous. It's from 1999. It starred Robert Carlyle and, uh, geez, I forget the other guy's name. Uh, of it right now maybe it'll come to me later and they're like in the american army in the late 1700s or no i guess it was like just pre-civil war i think it was like maybe mid 1800s 1854? Oh jeez. Anyways, uh, shit went bad in the woods and they uh, started cannibalizing each other and then like once they ate the flesh of the other man they gained the power and they were like bulletproof and stuff. It's pretty crazy. It's a pretty cool movie. I remember watching it back in the day with my man Scott. Alright. Moving on to The Clash. Okay. The record I pulled out today is Give Em Enough Rope which is The Clash's second studio album. To my knowledge, which is, you know, spotty at best. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure this is the real deal, though. This was the juice. This is the first record that I ever paid cash money for. I bought this when I was 16 uh, at a shop in Winnipeg on Osborne Street. that I forget the name of it. It is not into the music. This place doesn't exist anymore, for sure. But it is the original UK edition of The Clashes. Give them enough rope. Like I said, their second album. And I think I mentioned before when I was talking about me starting to get into the record buying that I paid five bucks for this. No, I paid $12 for this because the tag says UK import and. What happened was I I came across another copy of Clash Gave Me Enough Rope for 5 bucks somewhere sometime and I bought it and I just gave it to one of my friends. Um, So (laughs) in case anyone was confused about that. (laughs) Um, So yeah super cool that I have the the UK edition. Super cool that um, I only paid $12 for it back in 1999. Same year Ravenous came out and this really basically began my um, musical higher education, I'm gonna say. (laughs) Within their brand of a new sound, they used other genres like reggae, dub, funk, ska, and rockabilly. All genres which actually came before the Clash's debut album. So uh, all these genres help them define that unique sound. And these songs did not sound the same when they came out, uh, which is good, which is what you want, right? (laughs) So, I had heard uh, reggae, my parents listened to a lot of Bob Marley uh, when we were on road trips and stuff when we were a kid. And, you know, funk had been on the radio and stuff like that, but uh, Rockabilly and dub. Yeah, and uh, the reggae coming through for me there. And me being like, what? Like, 16 years old, I'm like, hmm, rock and reggae coming together. This is punk. And then there I went. The thing that I always really liked about The Clash um, was their conscious, rebellious lyrics, which were easy to understand, and uh, even out of the historical context when I heard them, backed up by their... Attitude, uh, that punk attitude of like fuck you if you don't like it and the lifestyle that they led um, on top of the talent and the talent is what really has to be emphasized here because the Sex Pistols came first and they had the attitude and they had you know The tune that came with everything that got people listening, Um, but they weren't, they are not, weren't the musicians that uh, the the Clash were. And that's kind of why, you know, the Sex Pistols kind of fizzled out, uh, because I just don't think they had that musical staying power. But they were the 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 stepping off point, and I talked about uh, Joe Strummer seeing his first Sex Pistols show, and how he knew right away that uh, things had just changed, and, and, and he wanted to now play a new type of music. So yeah, I learned a li- little bit more today actually. Think of consider the consider everybody in the class except Joe Strummer were had been involved with uh, Mick Jones's first band uh, called the London SS, and. Mick Jones had kind of knew Malcolm McLaren, who I think owned the sex shop in London and promoted the Sex Pistols. So those guys kind of all knew each other. And uh, Paul Simonon had um, auditioned for the London SS but not made it. And I think as well as Terry Chimes, the first drummer, the drummer who played on The Clash's first album. But then when The Clash, when Joe joined, when he left the 101ers, because he was looking to, uh, you know, this band that can give him this new sound that he was not going to be able to get with the 101ers. They played their first show opening for the Sex Pistols, but then they didn't play a show for like a couple weeks. I think it was like four weeks or something. But two nights after The Clash's debut, The Damned debuted, and they were a big hit too. So I thought it was pretty cool that I learned today when The Clash heard the damned that really inspired them to be like okay like we gotta get tight we gotta tighten up so they just uh, rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed like crazy and then uh, when they started playing shows more frequently uh, they could just rip it it's kind of funny too because I talked about Uh, useless comparisons earlier but uh, you kind of have to compare the clash to uh, the Sex Pistols here because they were the kind of the two bands that formed that core of London 1977 punk I would say as well as maybe like the dams and the Buzzcocks uh, joining in there later on and probably some other bands that I don't even know about but the Sex Sex Pistols were all about anarchy in the UK right Uh, the Clash was more about social justice issues racism a poor economy economy, a class system, a monarchy, and uh, a desire just to change uh, the status quo. So yeah, I always kind of thought of The Clash as like the smart punks and the sex pistols as more as the kind of dumb punks who are just more about like spitting, you know, in your face and uh, shocking you than actually trying to raise any sort of awareness or or do anything with the, uh, I don't know, attention. (laughs) So I think in 76 uh, the Sex Pistols break up and in 77 The Clash still haven't released an album in fact they've only played like something like 30 shows or something so they're more of just a a presence in the scene when they signed to CBS Records in 1977. It's a major label. This was a a big deal in this community because uh, The Clash were immediately branded sellouts as soon as the uh, news of the deal hit the streets. They hadn't even released a record yet and they are already sellouts. So here's a quote from Joe Strummer that uh, kind of explains the situation. Signing that contract did bother me a lot. I've been turning it over in my mind, but now I've come to terms with it. I've realized that it all boils down to is perhaps two years security. Before, all I could think about was my stomach now i feel free to think and free to write down what i'm thinking about and look i've been fucked around for so long i'm not going to suddenly turned into rod stewart just because i get 25 pounds a week i'm much too far gone for that i tell you <laughs> joe strummer 1977. rod stewart disrespect i like rod stewart though couple good tunes there okay enough of this pish posh i'm gonna get to the tune right away Okay, this album is give em up. Give, give Em Enough Rope, 1978, the first album that Topper Hedon plays. Give them Enough Rope, what a phrase. It reminds me of being on exercise in the military, winter warfare. This crusty old bastard Sergeant Major. Some bullshit happened. We got like weekend leave or whatever. And one of the instructors got hammered with some of the soldiers. And, uh, somebody whipped their dick out. And then all of a sudden, like, everyone on the fucking platoon is in trouble. Including yours truly, who wasn't even there, goddamn. And anyways, the guy said, uh, he's like, yeah, he's like, we give you a little rope. And guess what? You fucking choked yourself with it. as big tune big tune I remember it was on the soundtrack to the world's fastest Indian with Anthony Hopkins which is actually a pretty good movie and even though uh, Anthony Hopkins was in it <laughs> anyways when the trailer came out for that it was boom that song right up front uh, on the soundtrack to that movie and my friend Andy was just like oh this song The Clash I'm like yeah man and uh, you know what another funny story about that song is probably in like I'm, I'm like in university somewhere, my sister and I still live in our mom's basement, and uh, she had some friends over, she was having a party, and one of the party guests was her friend that she had for a long time who was dating this British guy, I think they might have even got married or some shit, but, and then I was home, and you know, like I just knew some of my sister friends, hanging out and drinking, and uh, smoking weed, and uh, my sister's friend Heather uh, smoked weed and like the guy didn't and uh, he was like really like tripped out about it he was saying stuff just like oh like Heather like I hope you're uh, proud of yourself you know like this is gonna be like models, you know like and we were all just like who is this guy and like he like kind of stopped drinking and like was just like totally tripping out like he thought he was gonna like cops are gonna bust in or something like the drug squad was gonna arrest us and then I was like hey man like check this song out like I bet you wish you were in your safe European home and then I Played it for him and then uh, he like walked out of the room. Like, you know, he wasn't trying to hang out with me either. You know, I was just trying to like get him away from uh, all these uh, other people that he didn't know and tried to serve some shit. But, anyways, that guy, I remember that guy. He's pretty wack. <laughs> Heather, if you listen to this, I hope he's not your husband. You know what I'm saying? I wonder get you remember that. you remember that? Okay, a couple more facts for you Joe Strummer died in 2003. RIP, Joe, big RIP born john graham mellon his uh first stage name that he was going with with the one was woody and then uh, he changed it later on to joe strummer and i was thinking about it look if you watch the movie rockers which i have already recommended that you do if you look at the credits at the end a lot of the actors are also musicians but i don't know if all of them were but like the first 20 30 names all these guys have nicknames which i think is super cool because you don't give yourself a nickname you usually given you by somebody who loves you, right? Uh, if it's a nice nickname anyways. But I kind of wondered, like, I know stage name has been a, th- a thing for a long time, but I wondered if there's any connection there. Because Mick Jones, that's his real name. Paul Simon, that's his real name. Topper is like a nickname that Paul gave Topper. And I don't know Topper's real name. Anyways, yeah. Um, the band was almost called Weak heart drops <laughs> weak heart drops and also called psych the psychotic negatives Jeez, well i think they made the right choice and uh paul simon came up the bass player came up with the name the clash And oh yeah, when Paul auditioned for the London SS, he was actually auditioning as a singer. And then I think I read a book somewhere that like he basically just picked up the bass um, and started playing, kind of maybe to join the band. Interesting. CBS did not release a US version of this album. In 1977, because he thought it was like unmarketable and they had made a bad deal. It was not until the end of, I guess, 1978, when the UK original was the biggest selling import in the United States. Did CBS get the fucking clue and release a US version, but that didn't come out till 1979. So yeah, talk about our record company being an idiot again. He's, uh, the cover check it out it's amazing it's uh it's graphic design it's great it's based on a postcard titled the end of the trail photographed by some guy named adrian Aw- Awot. I-, I i can't even read my own writing here yeah it's super cool i love the blue and the yellow and the red and the image of like this cowboy just kind of laying down which yeah apparently used to be on this postcard and um I think the guy is just acting though, he's not actually dead. (laughs) okay that's it for another one so hello c's goodbye b's goodbye blues (laughs) goodbye for another episode but don't worry your buddy the magic man the safe cracker will be right back here tomorrow with some more of this good stuff i don't think it's gonna be the clash but the band's gonna start with the c because that's what we're doing so i wish you all a fantastic rest of your day think about what you learn today maybe teach it to somebody else you know what i'm saying that's what each one teach one's about y'all at some point okay i will see you tomorrow peace 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 peace